day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. So, here we are again. Last week we, um, we discussed what, is it like, what does it look like to be a modern day Nazarite and... Uh, and um, you know, separating yourself for the purposes of God. And uh, today, I, I want to um, I want to give you some perspectives of our lives with God on the planet, and for, all from the perspective of um, of a parable of Jesus Christ. So, uh, why don't we why don't we start reading from verse six of chapter thirteen of Luke? So Jesus also spoke this parable: A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. I want to bring a few thoughts out of that scripture today um, from the perspective of, of where we're at in life and what God's done for us, what he's doing in us, and what he's continuing to do to do with us. Now, I think it's important, you know, that the first thing that we understand is this concept of ownership. I love how the, the parable starts, and it says a certain man who had a fig tree in his vineyard. Now, I think the first thing that we need to understand as, as a people, and especially as the people of God, is who owns all this stuff? Who owns this planet? Who owns our lives? Who owns creation? Who owns everything that we own? So you see, everything that you own, God already owns. And he's allowing you to use it for a time. But we get, a, we get a, obsessed with ownership, don't we? We spend our whole lives, you know, the, the great Australian dream is to own your own home. You know what I mean? And God, we're obsessed with owning owning things that aren't even ours. And if you're paying rates on your home, you don't actually own your own home because it can get repossessed or repositioned or or a highway can go through your house. You know, we we don't actually own the things that we think that we own. And he, I really believe that God, first and foremost in our lives, wants us to get that, get our head around what it means to own. What's the bigger picture of ownership? Isaiah 61 says this, We will be trees of righteousness that the Lord has planted for His glory. See, we are trees of righteousness that have been planted on earth for what purpose? For His glory. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. You know, he, is, he has given us permission to, to look after things, but He owns all things. So when we're looking at creating the dreams in our lives, He wants us to put it in the context of true ownership. And, on the, and, and from the perspective of eternity. So what else did he do? So he's got, you know, the Lord, he's, he's got this vineyard, he's got this earth, he's planted trees, he's got his sons and daughters, who, who, which is you and I. And then what does he do? It says, he came seeking fruit, but he found none. Isn't it interesting that the very first communication between God and man was this, be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. See, God has called us to be people that bear fruit. 
Isn't it interesting that we love to receive fruit, but God has said, no, you are trees. Trees don't receive fruit, they yield fruit. And it's important that we understand that God has created us to be people who yield fruit. Who do you yield fruit to? You yield the fruit to the owner of the vineyard. And what the owner does with that fruit is up to the owner. He can eat it himself. He can give it away. He wants us to be people who are fruitful. It's interesting that 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 verse in Genesis says, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. He's called us to fill the earth and subdue it. And I think there's a warning in that. He's, He's saying, look, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, but be careful what you're producing, but because whatever you produce, we need to be able to manage. And if we don't produce things well, we don't get to manage them well. They get out of hand. If what we produce is selfish, then it's hard to manage it in the next generation. There's no seed element to it. So God's response to the fact that there's no fruit is to cut the tree down. But the keeper of the vineyard steps in to petition the landowner. I want to submit to you today that the keeper of the vineyard is Christ. And he intercedes. He intercedes and petitions the landowner. He intercedes and petitions God and says, Lord, let me stand in the gap. Let me restore relationship with the people and you. I could just see, um, you know, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit sitting around the board table in heaven. And the Lord's saying, I'm not seeing any fruit on the earth. And, um, and Jesus is saying, Lord, allow me to go into that space. Allow me to nurture that. Allow me to dig around these people. Allow me to, to um, create a space where people can be, can be restored and be bearers of fruit again. See, he does two things, God, doesn't he? He sends his son to the earth to renew our relationship with him. It's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish and have everlasting life. He, wants us to, he, wants, he sent his son to renew our relationship with him so we could spend eternity with him. And then he also came, so Jesus came to take us to heaven. And then he leaves his spirit with us so that we can produce fruit on earth. See, Jesus came so that we could get into heaven and he left his spirit behind so we could bear heavenly fruit on earth. This is what God is for us. Galatians 5 talks all about the fruit of the spirit and the works of the flesh. I want to read read a little bit out of Galatians 5 from the um, Message Bible, uh, which I affectionately like to call the Massage Bible because it kind of massages it into uh, modern language and and, um, have a listen to this. This is... We'll start, with the, we'll start with the works of the flesh. Verse 19. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all of the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfying wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, I could go on. Isn't that crazy? 
What an amazing description of the works of the flesh. And this is, this is the fruit of the Spirit. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that the fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance for life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Wow, this is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the fruit of being led by the Spirit. It's interesting that um, in this verse it says that the Spirit has fruit, but the flesh has works. It's not the fruit of the flesh, it's actually the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. See, the works of the flesh are simple. I want more, and I want it now. Very simple. See, I'm, I'm sure that that tree, that that fig tree in the garden was a beautiful tree. It was a beautiful example of a fig tree. But here's the thing, it wasn't called to be beautiful, it was called to bear fruit. Its beauty was because it's created in God's image. Its purpose was to bear fruit. The challenge with the works of the flesh is we decide what is beautiful and we spend so much energy on what is beautiful that we don't actually fertilize ourselves to produce fruit. So why is it important that the writer of this letter says the works of of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit? This is why. Because fruit carries something, doesn't it? What makes a piece of fruit fruit is that it has seeds. See, fruit enables another tree to grow. The works of the flesh end in a generation and seeds are a heavenly picture of inheritance. And we've been called to create an inheritance for our children's children. And we can only create an inheritance by planting seeds. If I give the next generation a piece of fruit, they can eat the fruit and nothing happens. But if I plant seeds in the next generation, then they can grow new trees themselves and bear fruit for that generation. The fruit of the Spirit produces an opportunity for inheritance. We need to be giving the next generation seeds. And those seeds come as we bear fruit in our lives. So we need to be focusing on people who bear fruit, people who follow that very first statement that God makes to us, be fruitful and multiply. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruit. These are the fruit of the Spirit. Be fruitful and multiply. This is the challenge of God in our lives. He's saying, what is the desire of your heart? Is the desire of your heart to bear fruit? Well, then the challenge is accepting different ways to nurture an environment so that you can be a fruit bearer, not a beautiful tree. So how can we be led by the Spirit or walk in the Spirit? Verse 25 of Galatians 5 says this. It says this, Since then, this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit. Let us make sure 
that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implication in every detail of our lives. That means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better than and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. See, the problem with the fruit, with the works of the flesh, is it's saying to ourselves that we are not an original. See, when we work on our flesh lives, we're trying to become like something else that we have seen. And God is saying, what I'm producing in you, no one has ever seen before. So you cannot copy the fruit of someone else. You've got to learn to know who you are in God so that you can produce the exact fruit that God wants to produce in you that is the right fruit at the right time for the community that you live in. Remember in the parable, the keeper says to the landowner, give it a year. Lord, give it a year and I will replenish the soil. And if in a year it is not bearing fruit, then cut it down. Who's thankful for grace? Who's thankful that, like Kristen said, his mercies endure forever? You know, he's given, us a, he's given us a picture of humanity, hasn't he? Where God has said, look, it's not looking good for humanity. So look, I think we need to take care of things. And Jesus says, no, I will intercede. And for the rest of your and my lives, he has interceded for us. And for the generation to come, he has interceded for them. So there's an opportunity for each of us to embrace what Christ wants to do, to embrace the nurture, for, to embrace that Christ is digging around our lives and giving us an opportunity to accept his grace so that we can be people who bear fruit. So I want to give you a challenge today. 44 days to go this year. I want you to take a walk with God through your life. Take a walk with God through your life. See, the owner of the land took a walk through, the, to walk, took a walk through his own vineyard and had a look at, at the trees and saw which, one of, which ones of them were bearing fruit and which ones weren't. So I want to I challenge you. Between, in the next few weeks, ask God to take a walk through your life and see where the fruit is. Have a discussion with God and say, Lord, show me the fruit that is in my life. And look, about, look at it, the fruit from the perspective of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, there's nine fruit mentioned in Galatians 5. And if we connect, you know, I, I just, I'm simply linking right now, I'm going to link the King, New King James Version with the Message Version. So the first fruit is the fruit of love, affection for others. You know, measure that in, in aspects of your life. Now, the Bible says it's very easy to love and to lay down your life for someone who's close to you. But have a look at, at the fruit of love in every aspect of your life. Is it easy to love that person that gives you a hard time? Is it easy to love that person who, who, who challenges you, whose who's, um, sense of humor is the opposite end of yours? You know, who's, who, that, that person who walks into your life and their presence is offensive to your presence. You know, measure the fruit of love. Measure the fruit of joy. I lo- you know, joy is one of those words that we don't use a lot of these, these days, do we? And I, I love the message. It says exuberance for life. And you know how different areas of your life, you've got different measures of, of exuberance. You know, you get up in the morning. You know, you're a, if you're a morning person or a night person, some people get up in the morning and, and um, 
you know, they've got so much energy and life and you just want to kill those people, don't you? Then you go back to the first fruit, the love. How do you feel about mourning people? You know, what areas of your life aren't you joyful in? Aren't you exuberant in? You know, is it your work life? Is it your family life? Is it your church life? Is it your school? Is it your university? What, whatever it is, what, what areas of your life aren't there fruit? Whatever are areas of your life, is there good fruit? What about peace? Ah, the serenity. Ah, the serenity. Has everyone seen the castle? Every good Aussie needs to watch the castle. You know, God wants us to be a people of peace. You know, he's, 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 I love that word, um, the Old Testament Hebrew word for peace being shalom. You know, we, we actually invited a, a, um, a gentleman, Johan, up from, from the Christian Heritage College to give us a message on shalom because it's the peace of God covers all things. The peace of God talks about provision and wholeness and, and, and what we understand as peace. You know? And, and we, we begin, begin to learn that the peace of God is not the absence of war. The peace of God is the presence of God in every aspect of your life. See, God wants you to be someone who, who can, like Paul says, I'm content in all things. I'm content when I have plenty. I'm content when I have little. And he, as, as we gain peace in every aspect of our lives... If we gain contentment in every aspect of our lives, God can use us. Because when we're at peace, he helps us see. So look at your lives. Look at the areas of your life that you have peace or don't have peace and ask God the question. Ask God the question, show me, Lord. Show me these areas. What about long-suffering? We develop a willingness to stick with things. You know, I was talking to Jamie the other day and, um, and we were talking about his songwriting. And uh, he's been writing songs for probably, I don't know, 12-odd years now. And uh, I remember, you know, I've said, shared this story before, playing one of the songs up in the old youth building up the top, and I think it was called, um, what was it called? Your Love is Bulletproof. And um, I think, personally, that should come back. It was a, it was a cracker. And uh, I was the rhythm section. And, um, you know, and, but we were just looking at his journey and going, you know, when, when, you're, when he's now sharing with people, he's suffered long at the pad, at writer's block. He's suffered long in times of, of, of prayer and times of, of hardship, and he's walked through it. And now he's got, he's got over a decade behind him that he's followed through on. And he can give you some wisdom. You know, he writes a blog each week about, about um, being a, a worship leader and a songwriter and a musician. And, you know, the wisdom that comes out of this man is a tribute to the long-suffering that he is, that he's committed himself to. Through the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, he's, he's stayed committed. And, and God wants you to go, well, where's, the, where's the fruit of patience in your life? Ask yourself these questions. Where's the fruit of kindness? You know, I have amazing compassion on some things. And other things, not quite so much. And, um, and my prayer is that God will, you know, he will show me those areas so that I can work on them. Because sometimes we, we, uh, we get lost, don't we? We get lost in it. We get lost in the areas where there's no fruit. And God wants us to be fruitful in all areas of our lives. So when, as you're looking at your life, take, take stock of where the fruit is and where the fruit isn't. What about goodness? You know, he's called us to be holy as he is holy. What about faithfulness? You know, we find ourselves 
in loyal, it says in the, in the message, it says we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. He wants us to be a people who are loyal. It says in Chronicles, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro, looking for those who are loyal to his ways so that he can strengthen them, so that he can enlarge them. You know, what areas of your life is your loyalty being challenged? What areas is it strong? And what about self-control? Self-control is challenging, isn't it? Especially in the now generation. How do you go when you send a text to someone? What's your level of self-control before you send another one when they haven't sent one back? I sometimes go days before responding to texts and I uh, get a, the odd reminder through there and I, uh, you know, I, I must apologise. But I'm trying to teach people self-control. So that's, if that happens to you, that's all that I'm doing. So once you've taken stock of the fruit situation, once you've spent some time with God walking through the garden, now this is why you want to do it with God and you don't want to do it with your wife or your husband or your friend. You want to do it with God. you know why? Because when God puts the finger on your life, there's no judgment attached. When God challenges you, there is, there is purely the loving Heavenly Father trying to lift you up. So what, what I want you to do, is I don't want you to do it with someone. I want you to do it on your own with God. Get into that secret place of the Most High God and ask Him to, to talk to you about your life. Say, Lord, simply ask Him this, Lord, take a walk with me through my life so I can see the fruit that is in my life. Because I don't want to be living a life that has works of the flesh. I want to be living a life that has evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. So maybe talk to God like the keeper in the story in the vineyard and say, Lord, let me dig around. Let me fertilize my life for a year. And then let's take a look at it. So practical terms, what does this mean? What do we need to do? See, the reason that a tree has fruit is so that people can eat it. The reason that God wants fruit in your life is so that other people can appreciate God through the fruit of your life. So the first thing that you want to do is is to remind yourself, create a reminder about what your true purpose is. And your true purpose is about others. See, we glorify God and as we glorify Him, the fruit blesses other people. So the first thing we need to do is remind ourselves. So when you're thinking about next year, after you've taken stock, I want you to create some reminders in your life of what you can do, of what your purpose is. You know, you've heard me say that a tree doesn't eat its own fruit. And landowners fertilize trees that are feeding people. See, God's looking. His eyes go to and fro, looking for those who are loyal to his purpose, looking for those who are bearing fruit so that he can give them more fertilizer give them more provision, give them more energy. The provision of God follows the will of God, follows the purpose of God. So as we understand that we're purposed, when God, when God planted us here on this earth, he gave us a purpose to be a blessing, to be his hands and feet to the rest of humanity. The second thing, once you've reminded yourself of what your purpose is, you need to actually begin begin to serve. And we ha- we all, we're always talking about what is, my, what is my area of service? 
I don't know necessarily, Lord, what my specific area of service is. Well, sometimes it's not necessarily about what your specific area of service is. It's actually about service in general. See, if I'm starving, I don't mind if I'm eating a mango or an apple. You know, the fact whether you realize that you're delivering a mango or an apple is irrelevant. What you need is to produce fruit to give sustenance to the person who is in front of you. So whether it's an apple or a mango or a banana is less relevant than the fact that you're bearing some fruit so that the people who are walking past your tree can get some sustenance from heaven. So the key is to actually get moving. One of the challenges that we face in life today in, you know, in, in, and, um, is that we use God's principles and his ways to look at how we can actually stay alive longer. You know, we, we look at using God's, the glory of God so that we can actually have a more beautiful tree. And God is saying, no, my provision is to go through you. And as it goes through you, it will also remain in you because I will fertilize those things that are producing. So make sure your life is giving sustenance to others and then he will be motivated to give sustenance to you. He's looking. He's looking to and fro, looking for those people who are bearing fruit, who are loyal to his ways, who are serving humanity, who are loving their brothers and sisters, who are showing long-suffering, who are showing the, the, all the fruit of the spirits, because he wants to enlarge you in that. And here's the beauty. The beauty is, is that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the seeds of the fruit of the Spirit are already residing in you. Third one, remind yourself that wherever the fruit of the Spirit is absent, I am being led by self. When I'm frustrated with someone, when I get upset with someone, when I show evidence of the works of the flesh and not the fruit of the Spirit, it's an area of my life that I'm being led by self. And here's the key, this is the beauty of God's grace, is that when I see something that's not in alignment with God, I don't beat myself up. I don't get depressed. I don't, I don't, I, all I say is, here's a red flag for me to submit more of my life to more of his grace and his truth. Isn't the beauty of God's change so peaceful? See, when you take a walk with God through your life, he can actually change your life without judgment. He can actually change your life holding you up while you're in the pain, while you're in the suffering. Because he's not there, he's not there to make you live exactly a certain way. He's there to lift you up so that you can be a bearer of fruit, so that you can be the blessing that you were created to be. Number four, take a spring clean. It's time to get those shiny pants out of the cupboard and get rid of them. The 80s is over. Much to our distress. Look at your calendar. Look at your bookshelf. Look in your thoughts and discard the items that won't ever help produce fruit. See, the Bible speaks of good soil. It speaks of good food. It speaks of good thoughts. So when you look at your calendar, when you look in your fridge, when you look at your thoughts, when you look at your, your TV watch list, when you're looking at those things... What are the things that you're doing? What are the things that you're fertilizing your life with that's feeding the works of the flesh and creating a beautiful tree but not feeding the 
the, the work of the Spirit that's producing great fruit that will plant a seed of inheritance for the generations to come. Now, once you've done this, it's time to get help. It's time to get some help. Do you notice how the uh, parable says there was a certain man who had a fig tree in his vineyard? So the key with being a fig tree that bears fruit is that you are actually part of an orchard. See, when the when the when the when the owner of the lamb and God walks past our lives he looks at the fruit of our individual lives but then he actually says yes but you are part of something bigger he says he wants us to to understand that we're part of a group of people we're not just meant to be one fig tree standing in the wilderness he's saying we're part of an orchard he's saying we're part of something bigger and he says when you bear fruit you will be bearing fruit with those around you So sometimes when fruit falls off my tree, it actually fertilizes your tree. So what the key thing is, is don't isolate yourself. Proverbs says, he who isolates himself seeks destruction. Mark Ramsey says, he who grows alone grows weird. And the last one, number six. Practice generosity. We were talking with, we were talking the other night at a, at a home cell at our place about about the baptism of, of the Spirit and about the gifts of tongues and all these things that we talk about and and when we pray for them, you know the tendency is, Lord, I want the gift of tongues. Lord, I want I want the power of the Spirit in me. And He's saying in Acts one, He says. The Spirit will come upon you and you will be endured with power from on high to be witnesses to all of humanity. See, he's given us these things. He wants to give us these things so that we can be generous with these things, so that we can be a blessing to people. It's interesting that um, we're praying in the, in, the, um, in the pre-church prayer meeting this morning and um, Kay had a word and she came and shared it with me before church and it was, she saw these two paddocks and um, one paddock was lush and green and had some great cows in it, and the other one was the other one was sparse and and desolate and and had some some um, bony cows, some frail cows. In it. And um, the cows from the strong, the the rich area went over to the other area and provided provision to those. And it was interesting today because we were praying for um, Paul McGovern and Luke Brundle, who we sent this morning out to Pomona to minister. And um, you know the the word of the Lord was Jesus sent them out two by two and gave them authority to bless. So he wants us to be people. The reason I tell you that is because he's saying, he wants you to know that there's areas of your life, you may not see it, that are full of produce. But sometimes the sparse areas of our lives don't allow us to see the areas of rich produce. And those areas of rich produce, he wants you to take into someone else's sparse life. He wants you to learn generosity. Sometimes we can be generosity with our finance. Sometimes we can be generous with our prayer, with our, with our encouragement, with our ability to, to do all sorts of different things. He wants us to practice generosity because he, it, it's like we said earlier that trees don't receive fruit, they yield fruit. This is a real key for us, is that we don't receive fruit, we yield fruit. 
And God has called you to be someone who yields. He said, be fruitful and multiply. How do you multiply? Well, one piece of fruit has 20 seeds in it. It multiplies. If I'm beautiful, I don't necessarily multiply. You can sit there, as I'm sure you are, in awe of my beauty. But unless I'm actually, unless I'm actually bearing fruit, fruit of encouragement, fruit of generosity, you know, you're not going to be blessed to go and do more and be more. See, this is what I say to people about communicators. Sometimes the people who have the best wisdom for your life don't deliver that wisdom in a very good package at all. He wants us to be people who seek fruit, but not the package. See, we can have great lights and camera and action and sweet organs like electric organs like this, this, this number here, you know, delivering beautiful things. But if there's no substance behind it, if there's no fruit, if it's, all, if it's all bling and no sting, then we walk out the door with nothing. God wants us to walk out the door being bearers of fruit. And we do that by taking stock of our lives, looking at the areas where there is no fruit, and then fertilizing our lives so that we can become bearers of fruit. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Looking for those, looking for those who are loyal to his ways so that he can show himself strong for them. Why doesn't the worship team jump up? The question, like we said last week, the question is not how do I walk in the blessing of God? The question is how do I walk in the will of God or the assignment of God? So here's the challenge today. Take stock. The first thing that we do in our lives when we're looking at the parable of of the fig tree is we take stock. And we don't take stock with our peers, we take stock with the owner. And the owner is our Heavenly Father. Take stock of your life. And then make a plan. Make a plan. Put a time limit on it to become fruitful. And here's the beauty of God's grace. Is that at the end of next year, if this fruit is not there you know what, he is faithful to have that discussion with you again and so that you can become fruitful the following year. And this is the beauty of the grace. It goes over and over and over. His mercies are new every morning. And he wants you to be a people that bear fruit and he's patient enough to wait your whole life for you to be that person. Why don't you stand with me today? The Lord wants you to know that you are a tree of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. And why are you here? Isaiah 61.3 For His glory. To yield fruit to the King of all kings and allow the King of all kings to deliver that fruit to the right person at the right time in the right place so that they can become a planting of the Lord where they are. So you are an inheritance producing people, says the Lord. You are people that bear fruit, that plant seeds, that water each other's fruit. And then there's the Lord who creates the increase in your life. Why don't you put your hand on your heart with me today? Father, we receive your truth. We receive your blessing, Father. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your grace, Lord. And we ask you right now, if this, is, if, if, if this is you, just agree with me as I pray this. Lord, 
I invite you to take a walk through my life with me so that we can discover the areas of my life that are full of your fruit and the areas that are absent of your fruit. And Lord, we just want to put some time aside so that we can nurture your ways. We can nurture the spirit that lives in this temple that we call our bodies, Lord. So we thank you for what you're going to do. And we invite you today, Father, to do a work in us and to do a work through us and to bless those around us, Father, in Jesus' name. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.